Welcome to the Anglers Channel Insider Podcast, presented by Sportsman's Warehouse, your fishing and outdoor store. And here are your hosts, AC Insiders, Danny Blanford and Vance McCullough. Welcome, fishermen and fisherwomen. This week's episode of the AC Insider Podcast, brought to you by Sportsman's Warehouse and Mercury Marine with our friends that rely on lithium battery providing the juice. Vance, I think the thaw is on, man. We are officially getting into fishing mode in this final week of January, and it feels good. It feels good. Yes. I woke up this I got a little more of a spring in my step, I know. <laughs> I do too. It feels weird, you know. Um, yeah. I started getting text messages first thing this morning early. It's still dark up here at that point. And uh, it made me happy, though. Because they were videos coming in straight from the docks in Manny, Louisiana. And they were from our boy Ricky Bosford at Bass 365. Uh, we partnered Ricky. up last year. Ricky, that's right. Shout out to Ricky, the, the Bass Gypsy. Dude is traveling all the time. And, uh, man, he's getting great content for his site, for his anglers and their sponsors. And, um, you know, he's getting a little bit for Angler's Channel now, too. So we felt like if yeah, he was out there yeah. doing his thing and there was a little extra content to capture, we would love to have it. So this year I got up to Keith Poche talking a little bit about his new 115 Mercury Marine on his Gator tracks. And obviously they're at Toledo Bend. Have not been following along today to see if he's ruffled any feathers yet. Well, he'll, he'll probably jump the dam and end up <laughs> down the Sabine River or something, you know, and got like the Deuce of Hazard, give a little rebel yell and go. And I mean, the guy's I fun. Mean, he is fun to watch. I agree. I agree. I, I hope he does. And I think that's, you know, people talking about fishing is a good thing. And he certainly gave us plenty to talk about last year. Hopefully we do everything in bounds and uh, I'm all for pushing <laughs> boundaries, right? Wasn't looking to unpack his mess down there last year, but it was just awesome to get up and know that the boys are going fishing this morning, you know, and, and really yeah. we got a taste, we got a taste of it last week, you know, Toyota series down there in Florida. Um, and then you were kayaking, had a little bit of Hobie, uh, Bass Open Series. Got a couple pictures from you, dude. I got a picture of an eight-pounder early. Hey, yeah, well, uh, you know, it happens when you only catch four fish and you're allowed to uh, to check in five, right? So, uh, mm -hmm. well, it came back to bite me because in a kayak tournament, you've got to have a limit because you're doing inches, not ounces. And a 10-pound bass might be 24, 25 inches long. A one-pound bass, 12 inches long, so instead of getting 10 times the credit, you're only getting twice the credit. You're only getting I'm 24 inches yeah. to 12. Instead, right. instead of getting 10 pounds to one pound, you're only getting 24 inches to 12 inches, right? So yeah. if you don't do a limit, you can't separate yourself by just catching big fish. And I was on about a 20-inch average that first day. What's the four fish I had? I would have had 17 pounds. In a, in a weigh-in tournament, I'd have been okay. Yeah, I would have been stressed about losing a 13-inch. But in that tournament, I knew I'd put myself so far behind the eight ball and then the weather changed completely all day two, and I had a little screw up. I shot myself in the foot, but I had a shot at a small limit again, you know, and I would have been okay. I, I probably cost myself 50 inches of fish that I should have had over the two days. Uh, there was a technical issue. I had the wrong ID code and didn't have a Sharpie with me to correct it. Had to paddle and find somebody to borrow, you know, like the kid in class came in, can I borrow, borrow something to write with? Hey, <laughs> can I borrow this paper, you know? So, anyway, anyway, that cost, that cost me. And uh, mm -hmm. if you don't if you don't tie up the loose ends, Danny, we know this all the time. Tournament fishing is organization, it's time management, it's decision making, and I let a controllable variable beat me. 
I was I was not prepared. I let a controllable variable beat me, and that's probably one of the worst feelings because I knew where the fish were. I had them located. I did the hard part. I caught the big fish, right? I put myself in position, and I fumbled the ball on the goal line going in, so to speak. Mm. <laughs> to use a, a football analogy here at the end of the kind of like season. a certain like kind of like a certain Detroit Lion that would probably like to have a have a do. Oh, yeah, yeah. I felt like I had a fast bounce off my face mask or something, right? You know, just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know how the guy feels, but yeah, hey, man, you know, I did it to myself. Did it to myself. But here's the thing. Here's the thing about going. And Hobie runs a good tournament. Go go fish him. It's a lot of fun. Love AJ and all those guys. Great tournament. And uh, Harris Chain is a fun place to fish. I like fishing there. I do not go there and not catch a six to eight pound fish. And uh, I fished the Bassmaster kayak tournament there two years ago. I fished Hobie there last year. I fished Hobie there this year. And I always catch some good quality fish. Even when I'm sucking it up and losing money and not making a check, I'm still having fun catching big fish. And it beats sitting home on the sofa. It really, you sure. know, it really does. Well, so yeah. records were set and we decided to divide and conquer the state. I chased down Jesse Mizell. He was the Toyota Series winner um, down on Okeechobee. And what I thought was cool about his deal was he was Mr. Consistency. You know, right around 23 to 24 pounds a day. Uh, cool story is this is his second time winning it, so he's back-to-back. -back. And, dude, I did a quick search on MLF, and if you put money in a pot down there on Okeechobee and Jesse Mizell's in the tournament, he's going to get some of your money. And, you, yeah. know, you know, you know how I feel about that? I, I think it brings up an interesting thing when we talk about, uh, you know, Toyota Series or – opens stuff where local guys can get in man they, they've just got a certain intimate knowledge and it doesn't show up all the time but there are certain people on certain bodies of water that know it and you know looking through jesse's history young guy uh does some mechanic uh, mobile mechanic work for marine and heavy equipment and runs a guide service and you know he fishes other places but man he knows the big o and so we're gonna get to talk to him today knowing a body of water is important but i can go to north alabama and find a pattern a pattern fish a little bit you know mm -hmm. uh i, I kind of think more was made of pattern fishing than there really is back in the day and you can't move around like you used to but they're patternable you know the lakes are down here in florida that's not the deal you you can't go okay well they're in reed clumps of three feet of water there's some clumps of reeds and three feet of water they'll be in there too no they won't they'll, they'll be and you, you don't know why until you fish it, maybe, or there's areas that are historically good where they will spawn year after year, as long as nothing happens to the area that's silt in or something. So local knowledge down here is extremely important. This, this is a compounded issue. If you're fishing against locals down here, it's even worse because it's hard to figure out why they are where they are. It's just time on the water is so important. And conversely, when we leave Florida and we go somewhere else, we tend to get our butts kicked because it, it, it's like mm -hmm. you read about in Bassmaster Magazine, you know, other places that you, they're, they're eating shad. You can pattern them and stuff like that. And it's a little bit different, uh, Dude, you know, than it is down here. This reminds me of a podcast we did and I went and something I wanted to bring up. You know, what we're talking about is being able to speak their language on Okeechobee or being able to speak their language here or there. Dude, you remember the interview with our boy Drew Gill? where we were talking about how I don't want to rely on somebody else's interpretation and being able to adjust on the fly. And, and, you know, for those that don't know, we kind of were quiet about that, but you and I were both blown away by that interview and the wisdom beyond his years. 
And when we got done with that interview, I actually reached back out to Drew. Uh, there was just something about it, man. Something clicked and said, now that yeah. there is, there yeah. is something there that's going to be awesome to see. And uh, reached out and asked about, you know, sponsorship opportunities. How can we ride along? You know, Angler's Channel typically doesn't sponsor, but we saw something special. We, and and you've seen it. I've seen it. We shared it with John. John, John picked up on it right away. And I, I only bring that up because when I got back into the office today, dude, I headed over to MLF, the Bass Pro Tour, uh, Drew's first day of professional competition. And he is currently in third place, dude. Third place with 24 scorable bass, 75-12. First day of tournament competition as a touring pro on the BPT. And uh, yeah. technically he's 15 pounds behind a guy by the name of uh, Jacob Wheeler. Boo, boo. The villain. He's a villain. If this was wrestling back in the day, he'd be like, what, Ric Flair? When Ric That's Flair right. Was yeah. Yeah, I want to hate on Jacob, you know. It's kind of fun. <laughs> Because uh, kicking everybody's butt, man, he's beating everybody. <laughs> Dude, you know, I got a soft spot for him too. He's a Midwestern guy and got a lot of history right here around me and in my home state. So I'm not booing yeah. for your point. Great analogy. You've got to have a villainous, a villainous guy on top of the throne, and you know he's he came out and showed why he's he's on top, right? And and he's doing his thing sure. to see to see Drew. Uh, I had to leave today, and, and he had one of the first fish on score tracker this morning. It was like a three, three and a half before I had to run. And to come back and log in and see our boy doing that, like, you know, Drew's an AC insider, and we've got a deal put together this year where after each um, each event, we're going to get to do an interview with Drew brought to you by our partners at Dual Pro, and we're going to do a rookie recap. And, you know, I went into it thinking rookie recaps were going to be like, dang, I – totally missed this or I totally missed that or, you know, right. And yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I, I don't know. I knew it was special. Hey, and this, and this is a catch all you can for Matt. They just keep on going. Right? I know. There's no catching the guy. If you fall off the lead, you're in trouble. And Drew has this worth mentioning. He's the third with 75, 12. Well, the next guy behind him, James Elam only has 49, 15, 17 bass. Drew has 24 bass. So, Drew's building quite the lead. He's separating him. There's a lead pack separating. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? He's on it. He's in that lead pack of three guys, um, you know, keeping up with a couple of veterans, Spencer Sheffield and Jacob Wheeler. Wheeler. So, yeah, congrats to Drew. He's all, However it shakes out over the next three, four days, I don't know, but he's off to a great start for sure. Gives me goosebumps, man. It really does. I think it's so cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I was talking to him the other day, uh, after the, co the college championship that was down there on Florida. And he was already over in Louisiana, not on the water. They had their their deal or whatever. But I, I checked in with him, and he's like, I'm doing homework. And I said, I thought you fished your last college event. And he said, no, I did fish my last college event, but I've still got to finish this semester. Imagine carrying some credit hours and finishing a semester to get your degree. Okay? Now imagine if you were carrying 20 college credit hours, fishing the BPT yeah. and the invitations. Dude, I made that mistake my freshman semester. I was on scholarship and I uh, almost lost it because I, I thought, oh, I could bite off 20 credit hours. And dude, that I can tell you right now, that's a lot. That's a lot. It, 20 credit no, hours. I know. And then, I mean, the I... on top of it. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I, let's not put any bad mojo out there for him because he can do it, right? I mean, he he's doing things that we think are unbelievable, and and he's showing that he can do it. So yeah. Super excited yeah. about that. Um, super proud to be associated with him. To be honest with you, you know, it's it stemmed from coming on the podcast and just making an impression. And you know, so hey, update. While we're sitting here talking, he just added a three pounder. Now he's at the twenty five fish, seventy eight pounds, thirteen ounces. Uh, well over what's that? Twenty six, twenty several pounds over the next guy. He's created a, a, a gap there. That lead pack is pulling away, and he's on it. He's on. Dude, it. dude is wearing them out. He's wearing them out as we speak. That's cool, man. Go, Drew. We're team Drew over here. If you guys awesome. aren't, awesome. If you guys aren't, you should be. Check him out. Uh, Drew Gill Fishing. He's an AC insider. He'll be writing content this year. I imagine our boy Ricky will get an interview with him at the end of it because we've got Ricky down there getting AC insider content. And we got an AC insider talk in about third place. Oh, Ricky, Ricky just keeps on the same pace, has all this uh, insight, you know, to the to the tours. Mm-hmm. time he spends with those guys and he'll be a great asset um, to us bringing us all that in, insight you know from behind the scenes and and you know he's he's there he does more traveling than most of the anglers he tries to hit most tours all, all the events yeah he's traveling like so, a two tournament angler for sure and you know gosh. you know so we're building out a good ac insider team and man what a way to start the year so ricky's down there killing it on the behind the camera <laughs> drew's down there killing it with a fishing pole and uh, hopefully you and I are here killing it on the podcast. Uh, luckily, I mean, we're nailing it. <laughs> we got a softer <laughs> job than them guys, but hey, we'll be good just through association. So is what it is. Yep. Hey, with that yep. said, we've got another interview coming up with your boy, Blake Abbey, and uh, my boy, Jesse Mizell. And we're going to get back to the Florida Focus and learn about big fish in the Sunshine State. So folks... Uh, Vance and I are going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors and tune back in with us so we can talk fishing. Sportsman's Warehouse is your one-stop convenient place to shop. Whether you're into camping, hunting, or fishing, our expert associates can help you find the gear you need. We carry a huge assortment of quality equipment from the best manufacturers in the country and around the world. We have guns, ammo, rods, lures, not to mention every kind of outdoor clothing for the whole family. You can shop in one of our fully stocked stores or visit us online at sportsmans.com. Visit Sportsman's Warehouse, shop one of over 130 locations nationwide and growing. This segment is brought to you by Mercury Marine, encouraging you to go boldly. Welcome back, everybody. This week, we're talking the Sunshine State, and we're kicking off the season down south with our boy Vance and got some exciting guests this week one of which is a young man who has been a dominant force on lake okeechobee just finished up the toyota series event leading wire to wire and uh repeat winner i might add mr jesse mizell is it mizell or mizzle it's a mizell yep My, jesse mizell so i got it right the first time jesse welcome to the show yes, man. Sir. oh glad to be here Hey, talk to us a little bit. You're coming off a big week down there, and it seems like uh, I did a little bit of online research, and Okeechobee's kind of your jam, huh? Yeah, so, you know, it's kind of like my my home lake. You know, I grew up fishing it. You know, back at a young age, me and my dad, we traveled fishing a lot of, uh, you know, club turns and stuff, and I enjoyed traveling around. But, man, that that is like where I cut my teeth is pretty much uh, Okeechobee. And, And... it's forever changing. It ain't like a northern lake where, you know, these points stay the same or water levels, the only thing you have to worry about. And 
it's just man with all the you know they do spray in and stuff like that and they fluctuate the water levels bad there so it's always you're always learning and so yeah i don't know it just it's like a love-hate relationship but it seems like it's been treating me really well lately <laughs> i looked at your mlf stats it's definitely treating you well but i noticed you didn't are you not traveling or fishing anywhere else you just fish at home the last year i try to do the the southern um the southern okay. division of the Toyotas, and I would love to, you know, try to go pro or something eventually once, you know, I can figure out the sponsorships and get where I'm not worried about money wise. You know, that would be the goal. And but I, I actually have I get more excited about going to Harris Chain or, you know, last year I think we went to uh, Ufala. I love Ufala, and then and Santee Cooper's on on the list this year, so I'm pretty excited about that. Cool. So you are doing the full circuit then. I got you. Right on. So starting yeah, the year off it. with a bang, your AOI and leading the deal. For those that don't know anything about you, give us a little bit of your backstory. Before we came on, you said you do some of your own uh, mechanic work for yourself and others and uh, do some guiding. So are you a bass guide there on Okeechobee? Yeah. Yep. I uh, guide pretty much anywhere on the lake, but mostly on the north end. Um, you know, I, I it's uh, a South Florida guide service. Um, I've been guiding for the past three years and, you know, people are just you know, talked me into it and it was, I was leaving some memories and money on the table, you know, for people, you know, people, they come down they always have a really good time. And I, I enjoy that, you know, more than anything, the money's good and, and everything, but seeing memories that people are making like the, I mean, a couple of days before that event, a 70 year old man, uh, got in my boat and I had, a, I, I didn't even practice, you know, I took a guide trip out, uh, Tuesday before the event. And the old man went out there and he told me it's a PB. He's been fishing his whole life and he's only six and a half pounds. And I, I got him on a 10 six and the guy was on cloud nine. We caught, you know, pretty good amount of fish for how cold it was. We got 12 fish, but the, it was, you know, that's pretty slow for a normal day on Okeechobee for shiners. But the guy, you know, making memories like that for somebody, that's what I look forward to. And you know a thing about too about the lake, man. What kind of fishing questions do we have about the impressive bags? Looking at the stats, a twenty-four pound sack, a twenty-four, and a twenty-three thirteen. Man, we're talking to Mister Consistency. What kind of information yeah. do we need to get from him? Well, first of all, I want to know about the mental adjustment, uh, Jesse. When you go from taking somebody out there with shiners, and you know what shiners like, that's next to dynamite. Almost throw dynamite water down there, and then you have to use artificial lures. You know what I'm saying? And and you go from Seeing a 70-year-old man catch 10 six. Now, you got to go out there basically like one hand tied behind your back and say, I'll look at it. This is artificial only. What does that do to your mindset? How do you stay mentally up for that transition to, to make that, you know what I'm saying, difference in, in, in style there? Well, I kind of keep it pretty simple. Um, I have there. I call them two different fish. There's catchable fish and there's uh, – shiner fish <laughs> so i got some yeah. spots that i don't I, I just take clients and i they catch some fish and i've caught fish on artificial there but you know i it's almost like training them you know you kind of train them into eating shiners you know that's on the menu and why would they want to eat something else you know uh so i got different spots for my clients from doing my trips and then i got my artificial uh, places so <laughs> that's so that's how i keep that I, I don't like trying to you know go back in there and try to catch them fish i've done trained with the shiners <laughs> yeah. so the area you were fishing the other day though in the tournament that was uh 
sounds like a kind of a different thing. You, you're you in what, a, a big shallow bay with uh, reed heads and, and uh, maybe no overhead cover or anything to pull shiners out of? Was it What, what was the mix of, of uh, cover like in that area? Was it just, just a bunch of reed heads or what would you have to pick from in there? Yeah, so on it's uh it's it's made like this so there's an old isolated cattails on the outside edge and then there's a hard wall of cattails but on the beyond that wall of cattails there's a bay where they they scraped a while back and the bottom's really good in there and so there's a the front probably 100 yards of it's isolated reeds and cattail clumps and then it turns into probably another 100 yards of a pad field and so, and it's surrounded by like, uh, we, I don't know what to call it. It's kind of like a buck brush, you know, a little bit of timber and stuff, little, little bushes all the way around the edge. And when it's so, when the lake's low, then trees grew in there. And so them fish were spawning back there in that nice sand bottom and then pad, but they were hard to catch back there. So what they were doing is coming and going and staging on them reed clumps in between the out, outside where the lake is and then where the the their, their spawning flat is so i was just catching them coming and going yeah uh, you know if you just put it like that um because what made me think they would be in there it was a couple months ago them isolated reeds on the outside edge where i was fishing i caught 34 pounds in a roll of martin's tournament there and i'm just had in my head just playing i'm like where where the fish going and then i did some exploring and i found that little bay back in there but they weren't in that bay at that time when I found them on the outside, obviously. So I just said, Oh, they will be in here eventually. So then they, you know, it was just a perfect storm. You know, I knew they're in there. Uh, I didn't practice at all. You know, after I took that guide trip out, I just drove around, drove in there, drove out and I just covered water for, uh, before the meeting on Wednesday. So I didn't do any practice. I didn't cast one time. So I just had enough confidence. They were there and just went with it. What's there. Do you feel like, Treading lightly in practice might be a key to your success during the tournament. Do you think some of the guys maybe wore out some of their fish setting hooks in practice? And whereas you're smart enough to just go scout and look, you know, saying yeah, tread lightly, is, I, is that part, part of the key? Oh, yeah. I, I feel like that. There's not, with the water being so high, that scatters the fish. So if they are in one little spot, you know, there's not a lot of fish there to say that, you know, I just, and plus, there was another reason I did not practice as hard is, like I was saying, it, water temp dropped pretty good. And I'm like, well, thinking in my head, you know, people that travel down here ain't used to this lake, and they don't really know the community holes and where the spawning areas are. And if they do find out, they're going to practice, and they're not going to get bit. So they're going to get spun out. They just don't mm -hmm. have – they don't – they're thinking that the fish are gone, not there. They're actually there, but they just got lockjaw with that water temp dropping over – you know, eight to 10 degrees overnight, then these fish don't like that. So I just put that in my head. Don't even dare cast. Don't even try to, you know, think that they're there. You're just going to hurt yourself in the long run for the tournament. I love that. Yeah. I mean, you know, I live on a real tough fishery and, and there's been times where I've seen that as well, where, you know, they don't bite every day and it's certain timing or conditions and you can really screw yourself up if you go through some juicy stuff at the wrong time and do exactly exactly what Jesse was saying, getting spun out. You know, obviously the, that's an intimate, intimate knowledge with a body of water as far as, 
you know, the, the timing and the amount of time from finding them out deep and knowing where they were going. One thing that jumped out at me, and this was maybe just my own inexperience, but when I saw Okeechobee, you know, late January, and I think we were right somewhere right around a full moon, I just expected it to be more of a, you know, when your press release came out, I expected to read about sight fishing and, you know, single hook flipping to fish and stuff like that. Does your not do, do you not do that in a tournament setting because you've got more options available to you or did you intentionally avoid it? Because I think that was a big thing that was going on, right? Well, here's the thing with Okeechobee. The water is dark. It's a black, black water. And, and since they've been spraying a lot and the water level is so high, it's very, very hard to see beds right now. And there, I did see some beds in the back back there, but they weren't on them. And I'd rather not see them at Okeechobee. You know, just that's my opinion. I just rather not see them. And it seems like I can get bet, bit better if I can't see a fish. You know, I already know where he's at. I know he's on that isolated reed head, and somewhere either on in the heart of it or on the side of it. And I'm gonna I'm gonna flip there like he's I see him. But you know, I'm gonna make multiple pitches, and then go to the next clump. But I'm just fishing like he's there. You know, just but I I, I can't see him. Gotcha. I mean, do you think it is part of that? Because usually if you can see them, they can see you. I mean, it's pretty much a parade of bass fishermen down there this time of year, right? Exactly. You know, there was the tournament guys and, you know, you got people coming down from up north and obviously it's cold as could be up there. And I don't blame them for coming down here. And, right. you know, there's just people. And then that was my problem. Um, not saying my problem. I, obviously I won, but the first day and the second day, you know, just people coming and going, coming and going, because they want to go all the way in the back, and, you know, they got word that there were spawners back there. So that was what muddied up my water, because there was probably, you know, four to six inches of mud on the bottom where I'm fishing, just silt and settlement from them spraying all the time. And so just boats traveling, it just, as soon as it muddies up, it was done. It was done by 11 o'clock every day, uh, my bite. And the worst day was the <laughs> the last day with all the bass guys coming in there and turning it all up. And it was that was that was my funnest part of fishing was the last day because they were eating that frog really good. <laughs> yeah, I read the press release on that, and that that sounded awesome. Was that a big part of your top water? A big part of your deal? All three days of competition? Um, I caught the first day. I caught a uh, one right at nine pounds on a devil's horse, and then a one on a frog. And then everything was on chatterbait, a Z-Man jackhammer. And after that, the second day, first first reed head I come to, I caught up my biggest fish on a frog and then could not get any more bites on it. And then just caught everything on I, that chatterbait again. And then the third day, everything came off a frog. I mean, it was, it was like one of them days I seen 74-degree water temp on my grass when I got in there, and I just knew it was going to pop off. I saw I saw that that you bring that point up uh, in you know in the written press and you bring it up again here. Talk to us a little bit about that. Was it the fact that it was hitting seventy four on a warming trend, so you felt like seventy four and up was going to be money, or is there something specific yeah. about that number, or it was the trend then, right? Um, it's it's with that water warming, and it, it when I left uh, the second day, it was seventy four when I left, and when it. We had a warm, a warm night that may, matters a lot. Um, mm -hmm. And when I got there, it was already 74, and I was pretty excited about that. And it was steadily warming up. You know, it got to 75 uh, point something when I left out of there. But 
I actually left there early on the second day because I did not want to beat up my fish no more than I had to. You know, I just wanted to leave it alone. Yeah, it sounds like if you'd have ran a different rotation, you could have had a, a much different outcome then, right? I mean, you had to be on the juicy spot before things got goofed up. So being there later, you know, running it in reverse order could have been a real problem. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, if I would have left that to the last and ran somewhere else, uh, it wouldn't have gone the way it did. Vance, did you pick up on there with some bass guys watching? That's what I wanted to ask about. That's interesting. <laughs> They're fixing to have an open down there, the first through the third, right? February first through third, and yeah. So Jesse, I guess they were the guys. They were content to sit and watch you fish, and at least they didn't get in your way. They just sort of watched you to see where you, what you were doing, and how you're catching them, where the fish are positioned. I guess, huh? Well, there were three guys that uh, that followed me over there, and I don't blame them. Not one, not one bit. And that's what, if I was in their, their boats, I would have done the same thing. They sat back a hundred yards or more and watched me, you know, and that's, that's what, but I probably had, and this is no lie. I probably had 10 different boats come in there on me and fishing with me and setting the hook and, and, and just kept going around and around in there. And I know they're bass guys and I just like, man, why, you know, you go, you know, it's fishing, fishing. They want to have fun. They come down here and catch fish. That's fine. I can't say nothing to them. But it was kind of aggravating. But, you know, it's this cards I get dealt with. But um, but if it was me, I would have done like the first guys and then go find the – try to co cover every top ten guy and see what they were doing. Mm -hmm. So I had a game plan. Yeah, yeah I yeah. get that. I totally get that. So when you say – so you're talking more like they knew you guys were blasting off and they sat out and just straight up like the flotilla at a big event. Just – huh, that's – yeah, I guess to your point, yeah. that's cool to sit 100 yards off and just watch it. And to Vance's point, you kind of get everything you need, right? I mean, the tug's the drug, but you don't have to catch him to know. You watch the leader, how he approaches the, the spot, and watch him catch a few, that tells you a bunch. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, I'd shut down on the outside and troll in. Just because right. that muddy water, you make that stuff muddy, that, that's what they were doing is shutting down. They did not like that boat pressure at all. So this is, you know, that, what I'm hearing, it, Vance, it's not unlike kind of some of your own experiences in the kayak stuff as far as Jesse's approach to these fish, you know, leave no trace, make no impact, get in and get out without, you yeah, know, yeah. letting them be there. And the little bit of time I've spent on the lake, I totally get that. I mean, there's just, it's just a constant beating that they take down there. I find it interesting that it, that you're a shiner guy by day and a tournament guy by by weekend because the, the little bit of time I've spent down there, sometimes those two things don't coexist in Florida, do they? No, yeah, like I said, them, um, them, them fish, like I said, they're shiner fish. I don't even attempt to mess with them. I'm busting your chops. I just, I've heard, heard so much of that over the years, you know, of uh, talking to anglers. Oh, I put it on my spot, and there's a dang shiner fisherman there. Or back and forth, right? It's always the other guy's fault. So you, you, yeah. That's probably the worst thing you can do is, is so. At the end of the day, we got to talk fishing. Jesse, I know you said you have South Florida Guide Service. We're doing the Sunshine State Edition. Give us a good fishing tip for somebody coming down to Florida. If they're hiring a guide or they're coming on their own, what three baits do they need to bring with them? All right. So it all depends on, you know, your water temps and stuff like that. But I try to find anywhere that's, you know, a back little cove out of the wind, you know, try to find isolated cover. And I try to bring, you know, 
you can't go wrong with all everything being black and blue. You know, this time of year, that water's so dark. Black and blue is my go-to colors. Uh, so my number one pick, obviously, is going to be a frog. You know, a, a popping frog. Um, I like a more of a bluegill color or a black, just straight black. And then my second pick is going to be a Z-Man Chatterbait Jackhammer. Uh, with the water levels being so high, I like to have a half ounce with uh, a black and blue flake. My uh, favorite little trailer is that Gambler Komodo. And mm-hmm. and then the, the, the real staple that if, if you want to catch fish, you're really going to catch them, is a fat ace, black and blue, blue tip, uh, little stick bait. You know, they're little, I don't want to call it a, a Cinco. You know, it's this Gambler makes one. But any, any of them actually works you know just i like that five to six inch you know cinco black and blue with that blue tip and then with the muddy muddy bottom now i try to stay with a very core you know just a quarter ounce or you know five sixteenth you know light little tungsten weight with a rubber peg on it and with a four you know four four ounce uh you know either straight shank or extra wide gab worm hook of some sort but that that little worm right there will catch you fish, and it will catch some big ones. Dude, I had to, I had to laugh because we talk about it on the show. Some my dad is a he's a snowbird. He's down there in Okeechobee, and uh, last week, sometime while you guys were down there, I was going to ask you offline because I'm I'm hoping that there wasn't a guy and a blonde haired gal and a kid giving you any trouble down there. But <laughs> they they fished the they fished the north end, and he he feels like he lost his first double digit the other day on a black blue tip fat ace in front of a reed head. So mm. <laughs> I was, as you was working down your list, I thought, no way, no way are we going to actually hear what he's doing. So that, you know, he's yeah, been kind of giving away a little bit of a, seeing a little bit of thunder from our kayak winner. That we're going to interview here next, but uh, he also, that was a key bait in his, uh, his repertoire this week up on the Harris chain was a black, blue, fat ace. So, I mean, that's, that's just a, an all-star player down here in Florida, I guess year round. I, I and I grew up. I remember the days when the ribbon tail was a big deal. The culprit with the ribbon tail, and you know, red shad and, and June bug, and that was everybody lived and died with that. I don't know if it's fishing fashion or what, but Jesse, do you feel like that do nothing stick bait is just? I don't know. It just draws more bites for some reason down here. What's what's up with that, I, man? I, I can't wrap my head around it. You know that little stick. You know <laughs> that young, <laughs> you know Gary Yamamoto started that little. Hey, I heard a story about. Uh, you know, Roland Martin told him, he said, that is the dumbest thing. Why would you even think about coming out with that? And it's the the best bait in the, you know, bass industry is a Cinco, you know. It's, it's the craziest yeah. thing. I don't understand. I, you would think that eat that ribbon tail way before that just because the action of the tail. But they, ah, man, I, I, my grandpa's caught, you know, 13 and 14 pound bass on that dang thing. There you go. It's, it's crazy. crazy. Well, Jesse, awesome interview. Uh, we're going to talk more Florida stuff with another guest. And Vance and I got to cut out for a break for a word from our sponsors. But, man, congratulations. Uh, great story, great interview. And thanks for bringing, you know, some light to the conservation stuff you guys face. And we look forward to following you this year on the rest of the tour, man. Congratulations. All right. That, yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. At Mercury, there are no limits to the lengths we'll go to make sure you have no limits either. Unlimited adrenaline. Unlimited fun. Unlimited weekend. 
except maybe having to go home eventually. Introducing the all-new V8 Mercury Pro XS. Light, quick, efficient. Mercury, go boldly. This segment is brought to you by Strike King. Get out there and tie one on. Welcome back, everybody. We're carrying on our Sunshine State edition. We're talking big bass and Florida fishing in the month of January. Joining us for this segment is Blake Abbey. Blake took Vance's money and I think 150-something other dude and fisherwoman's money down at the Hobie Bass Open Series. You guys just came back from, what, the kickoff event of the sixth season. Is that right, Vance? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, the way I read it. Uh, sixth season now for the Hobie BOS. It is a one of the premier um, kayak tournament series out there, uh, you know, elite, elite level event. And uh, I don't think Blake quite grasped the gravity of what he was jumping into when he jumped into it. He just sort of kind of like, I'm just going to go in here and whip some, whip some tail. And, uh, you know, like it's another day at the office there, they, Blake, where you kind of, uh, looking back now, does it seem like a big accomplishment or you, you know, how, how do you feel about, about this deal? Yeah. Um, I feel, you know, tired. Um, I went back to work today. Uh, so that was tough, you know, practicing on Wednesday, uh, practiced Monday and Wednesday and, um, you know, did a lot of pedaling and then, uh, Saturday and Sunday, you, you were out there Sunday, so you know how how hard it was blowing. Yes, <laughs> and I white cats. You know, from the launch to where I was fishing was an hour and a half one way, so oh. I didn't even I didn't even make a cast. Uh, I didn't make a I didn't I didn't get my lure in the water for an hour and a half on both days. So the first hour and a half was just the trip there. So how I feel is tired, but you know, like after seeing you know from the um the sign up. In the beginning, that's when I it actually I actually realized how big it was when I got to uh, the Venetian place. Uh, what, what's that place called again? Venetian Garden. Venetian Gardens. Venetian yeah, Gardens. You know, when, when I walked in there and saw the banners and and the trophies and the checks, I was like, I was like, oh, and all the people, you know. So uh -huh. when you when you walk in a room like that, I mean, you know, before it even started, I knew that it was big, and I also the day before the tournament started, somebody had posted a picture of a thirteen pound bass. <laughs> on a on a yeah. catch board so yeah. you know it didn't take long to realize that there was just like a lot of good fishermen and um you know hey carl jockinson bass master elite series pro carl jockinson fished with us you know a literal I, elite series angler yeah right yeah and um he was at the award ceremony he actually cashed a check i think he came in ninth or tenth and yeah. he was uh he was super cool you know i mean I think fishing on any level, um, anybody, I, th I mean, my personal opinion is anybody has a shot, but, you know, obviously there's the regular guys that are doing the thing, obviously, you know, they put in a lot of time and they obviously, you know, deserve the respect that they're getting because catching fish nationwide consistently is, you know, highly impressive, you know, I, w I want that to be me <laughs> and I'm sure you want yeah, that to yeah. be you, you know, we want that to yeah, be us. Sure. Tell us, I mean, for folks that don't know, what's, what's your story? Vance told me you're a snook guy, and you just decided to get in a bass tournament or something to that effect, huh? What's up? Well, yeah, I mean, I currently, my current um, life where I live allows me to target snook consistently. Um, you know, I can go, uh, you know, down to the bridge 
uh, by my house and catch snooks. So, you know, but, but the truth is, you know, my, I started, I was born in Florida. I was born at Florida hospital in Orlando winter park. And my grandfather lived on a landlocked lake. You know, it was arguably a pond, but you know, it was called a lake, but, um, you know, I grew up catching bluegill, uh, and, you know, ho- nose hooking them or shiners and throwing them at, you know, bass. And, um, I just, you know, fell in love with that. You know, my grandfather basically raised me fishing and, and, you know, I have two brothers, but I was like the one that was, uh, that really took to it. Um, and then, you know, I, I was fishing with a guy that I met at a church on the back of his boat, you know, in my teens, you know, he was putting me down in like, uh, Okeechobee. He was a red man trail fisherman back when I think okay. the red man. Oh, yeah. called so, uh, you know, and, and I wasn't really doing much besides just, you know, hanging out on the boat. You know, I wasn't like, uh, I wasn't whacking him or anything, <laughs> but, um, I think it was good. You know, it was good for me now, now that I look back, you know, I'm 39 years old, but you know, looking back, it's like, I was, I was always like, uh, around fishing, you know, and then I moved to Sacramento, uh, when I was like 19 and uh i started fishing the california delta and i met a guy who took me out on his boat on the california delta and that's what that's when it really clicked for me so i would say you know in my mid-20s uh, is when i really started fishing like hard you know i was fishing the delta uh five or six days a week uh i had bought a sun dolphin kayak so i was out there all the time and i fished my first tournament was yakabass do you guys are you guys familiar with yakabass I'm not. Vance may be. Uh, yeah, uh, it's like a bath club out in out in California, and um, huh. it's it's grown very big. You know, they mm-hmm. have like a hundred guys, you know, at their tournaments and stuff. So, um, you know, I started doing that. So I was I was, I was fishing with like really really good fishermen. Uh, you know, there was there was guys out there out west that would consistently win every one too. You know, mm-hmm. this guy named Matthew Brandon. Like you you show up and like everyone's like, oh, that guy's gonna win. You know, so. I'm familiar with that, you know, feeling, you know, um, so, uh, you know, so you jump in with 154, that's not a big deal to you. You're used to fishing, you know, a hundred, hundred angler tournaments. Yeah. That, that's gotta, well, you know, it's a comfort level. Yeah. To be fully transparent, you know, when I was fishing Yakabas, it was like 35. When I, when I left, you know, I, I moved back to Florida. I've been in Florida for about seven years now back. Um, when I left, that's when it really blew up. I mean, the, the kayak thing from my from my lens has really grown times a hundred in the past ten years. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it you know the, the clubs of thirty are now you know hundreds, and I mean that that's why seeing the whole thing that we saw you know this weekend is you know it's probably going to get bigger too. What what was the yeah. what was the cap what was the cap on that tournament? I think there was like a number that they had to cap it. What was it like two hundred something? 200, 250, somewhere in there, but it, they mm-hmm. had 154 sign up uh, and fish right. participate. So um, I know they've had a couple hundred in some of the events. I know one of the Bassmaster uh, kayak tournaments had like 230, 240 on Gunnersville last year. So these yeah. tournaments at this level, they will, they will grab a couple hundred anglers quite often. It's not unusual. It is, it is really blown up, like you say, for so mm-hmm. many reasons. And I know yeah. like up here, the the um, Florida Bass Nation kayak tournament deal, it's kind of a club deal, the old 30 boat tournaments. And a good number of our anglers are uh, from the seniors club that actually fishes out of bass boats when they're not fishing out of a kayak. So it's not like 
the kayaks all I can afford and what they're doing. These are serious bass fishermen. Right. See another another uh, opportunity to go compete right. and just do it out of a kayak. You know what I mean? It's right. like a hunter that likes to bow hunt also, and he can also hunt with a gun. But he's a good bow hunter too. And I think that's kind of where where it is now. There's like I said, we got elite series pros jumping in this. Uh, Ike and Ellie mm -hmm. got him one. Dave Lefevers won a tournament doing this. Uh, Greg De Palma won a tournament last year out of a kayak. So. Um, it's this uh, attractive, I guess, an attractive uh, yeah. way to compete for, for a lot of people. People are really having a lot of fun with it. Yeah. And uh, to touch on that point, I, I always do better in a kayak than on a boat. I, I prefer the kayak, you know, um, just because I use it all the time. I'm so comfortable in it. You know what I mean? And like, I also like the fact that I get to make all the decisions, you know, when you're on a boat, like there's there's a, somebody else there and they're taking shots at the fish and they're like, maybe we should go. And you, you know, I don't talk to, you don't, th there's a lot of freedom in having control over that uh, piece of plastic, you know, it's just you and yeah. 12 feet of plastic yeah. and sitting around 13 foot gators. It's, it's beautiful. You feel, well, you you know, feel pretty I'm, naked sometimes, don't you? <laughs> um, well, yeah, but in a good way, you know, it's, uh, it, it's up to you to catch fish exclusively. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, it's stripped down and raw. I mean, you're at their level. You're one on one. You've, you've stripped. I say stripped down. You're not. You're not bare bones. But you're. It feels like you're on a more equal footing. But separate from that, you know, we we talked with Jesse, and he talked about how important the approach was to his fish up on the Big O, and and being able to get there quietly, and how as more boats came in and stirred things up, the fishing got tougher. And you guys, obviously a bass boat could idle through any of the areas you guys were fishing, but how you approach your fish that you're targeting, you obviously have more stealth than what you do. Um, so Blake, you won this first one and you talked about going to Texas. So have you been fishing the circuit for a while and do you plan to continue or did you just jump in one to see how it went? No, I, uh, I got the catch board in the mail on, wednesday of last week so that was that was the you beginning you have to have the catch board or you can't measure your fish and they don't have any for sale there I mean, right. that's cutting it close there jesse so i got it i got it wednesday um i had a i had like a hog trough plastic one you know i right. practiced with with like a yeah, multiple yeah. one but yeah. but i but i bought the the catch board so you know this is my first tournament in you know that i've ever used the uh tourney x app I've never used okay. the Turning X app. So that was my biggest reservation about jumping in is because I felt like I was going to get, I, I, you know, just to be fully transparent, like, you know, this is kind of embarrassing, but I'm stubborn. I'm a stubborn person, you know, and I get narrow focus. I'm like, I'm not doing that app. I want to fish and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, don't walk on my yard, boy. <laughs> uh <-huh>. no, I <laughs> That seems to show yes. up in fishing a lot. It seems to show up in fishing a lot. And I think sometimes that's why we see so much headbutting, right? The forward-facing sonar and, and even in your own organization, right? Within Hobie. Obviously, you don't have the history there. But uh, I think just last year, it, you couldn't uh, you couldn't have electric and now you can. And and so mm -hmm. there's some movement movement there, too, to your guys' point about the inclusiveness of it. I think it's just getting broader there. Um, so, well, now yeah. that you've won one and you're, you're cash positive, you going to go fish another one? I mean, obviously, I've been thinking about going to Texas. I mean, I'm like you guys. Like, I'm like everybody in the tournament. Like, we all want to fish everyone. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, like, all 153 guys that fish this weekend, if you ask them, like, hey, do you want to fish all of them? I bet you'd get 153 yeses. <laughs> Great point. Yeah. Yeah. Does, does your does your your professional life allow you to, to do it, or is that the, is that the track? I mean, the it's, struggle? 
it's something I could make happen, but I mean, everybody could quit their job. (laughs) (laughs) Especially if, especially if ramen comes through. Right. I mean, everybody could quit their job, but you know, I have, I have two kids. I mean, I want to, I have, I, I, I put my children's needs in front of mine. If it was just me, I would have already booked the flight. I would have already been like, I would have been like on marketplace looking to buy a, a, a sun dolphin in Texas. So, uh, a guy reached out to me and, and said he would uh, bring an old town to that to that uh, lake. And I was like, I was just like, wow. I was like, really? So that's, you know, it's just uh, it's kind of overwhelming because, you know, the generosity of like a stranger to do that is, you know, mind blowing to me. And, um, you know, I, I, I want to express gratitude to the to the tournament series and these people. You know, I hope it doesn't seem like I just came in there and like accidentally won and you know, take it for granted. I mean, I, I, I fished very, very hard and I put in a lot of like energy, mental and physical energy. I mean, you were out there, so, you know, I mean, it was not like, yeah. And you were in a canal, yeah. right? I talked to you earlier and you were, I mean, well, I had to paddle across the big area to get there and right. uh, I'm paddling. And I know you, you said you don't have any electronics. You're pedaling, which is, is a, a step up from paddling for sure. But neither one right. of us is running the trolling motor. I mean, I'm launching, Right, and I'm taking off, and I'm digging, and I'm keeping up with these guys for a quarter of a mile, and eventually, they're just leaving me with their little, uh, you mm-hmm. know, controller motors, and they're sitting there rigging, tackle, and riding, and laughing and talking to each other, and I'm just right. want to throw something hit in the back of the head, and I'm like, ah, I'm just... so I finally get there. Yes, it's exhausting. You're you're physically exhausted, and that does affect your attitude, your mood, your decision making, your mm-hmm. thoughts. You have to be an athlete. People who say, "Oh, fishing is not a sport," will. Jump in a kayak. It turns back into a sport real yeah. quick. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, physically as well. It is very taxing on your whole system. Yes. That's so sure, funny you said that because I was, I was talking to the park rangers at uh, Magnolia Park, which is where I launched. And I was asking them, I said, hey, how far is this? And how far is this? Because, you know, they, they, there's like a nature trail that goes around the lake. And they're like, oh, it's, it's not that far. And I'm like, well, I'm in a kayak. And they're like, oh, it's only like, you know, I think six miles. I'm like, that's far. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i'm like that's uh-huh. that's actually pretty far in a kayak <laughs> it is i, I clocked it off on, on google earth and i was paddling at least seven miles a day in practice just looking right. just following like i said mm-hmm. canal banks up and down canal bank paddling with one hand looking with the other and and uh are, are you the you only know, person the- that are you the only person that used exclusively a paddle i'm the only one i saw doing it now i mean there's few years ago it wasn't that uncommon it's becoming less common now and right. it's almost like you, you have to up your game a little to compete because that wind will get me in the multiple day tournament at some point that wind will get me it'll pin me down and i have to up my game and i'm looking kind of uh something like old town where they have i get a trolling motor and position myself so i can flip you know to I me mean? more efficiently i would like to do that Absolutely. Uh, i thought the sight fishing would keep me in this game i could sight fish i could go up and run my nose up in the in the reed heads and beside the fish and kind of hide near camouflage with him and pet a pet a cottonmouth snake over here on my side while I'm doing it. But uh, right. you know, I don't know how many gators I spook, you know what I'm saying? Right. But yeah. it, it worked. It's just the way I grew up fishing. I've always done it that way. I've just always, you know, I catch fish like that. You know, paddle with one hand and kind of flip with with one hand and and uh but at the end of the day, when you're playing for money and you're competing against guys who have, you know, a right. trolling motor. You're not going to win a lot of money doing it that way, but I do take pride in it. You know, I've won some smaller mm-hmm. tournaments doing it, but, well, uh, you know, I, I, I'll let my game. I'll let my game. 
It sounds like Blake made money without a trolling motor, so I don't think that last statement was valid. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Blake's smarter than me, though, obviously. He, he, he was paying up under. <laughs> that, gives, that gives me a decent picture. I got one novice question for you guys. When we had other people come on talking about kayaks and stuff, they're like, oh, you can put in wherever, and you, you can kind of like trailer or go to where you want to go. Was that not the case at this one? Could you not get somewhere closer to your fish, Blake? Uh, no, unfortunately, okay. no. I, I, when I practiced, I launched at another launch, and uh, it was even farther. So um, They have a list, Dan. They have a list of, a which, list of which, you know, which, which, than this one. Okay. Got right. And, and, and which it has I to be feel, like real boat ramps. A long paddle, but it may have helped us because, like, you know, there was less people there. Like, not everybody wanted to make the trek. I mean, like I said, you know, obviously I didn't get a bite for the first hour and a half because I didn't fish. But, you know, when I got there on Saturday – um, I knew pretty quickly how it was going to go. Um, and uh, I told a guy at the meeting on Wednesday, a guy that I've been chummy with online for years, I've, you know, his name's Shane Williams. Um, and I'd seen him at the, the meeting. I said, dude, I said, it's going to be freaking quaking on Saturday. Cause I looked at the weather and I looked at the moon. I'm like, I'm like, it has not been this way all year and it's january yep, you know yep. so uh it was it was good the whole time on saturday on saturday like there was a moment you know i closed my eyes and i was just like how is this happening it was it was like it was just one of those days i mean th those are the days that you remember even if it's not in a tournament <laughs> you know right. those are the days that you, that you tell everybody about when you're not in a tournament you're like dude you have no idea <laughs> what was happening <laughs> so so like you know, I don't. I don't necessarily think fishing is lucky, but it it was the lucky star that lined that up to where that I was fishing there on a tournament day. But right. you know, I mean, because it like it it just clicked. You know, I was you know speaking earlier with you a little bit about you know like fishing clean and you know like when it's your time, it's your day. You know, it's like that just happened for me, and there was a lot of fish caught. Um, I almost got a little spoiled. You know, I had to check myself because I was catching 17, 17 and a half, 18s. And I wasn't even, they weren't, I wasn't even putting them on the board because the first day I already had my, my smallest, I think was around 19 or something. So I was, I never let off the gas. I went till the, you know, till three o'clock hammering them. Cause in my brain, I kept telling myself, I'm like, I'm going to catch two nines. I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to roll up on a spot with two nines. And, the, and, and like, I was telling myself that for the last hour. But I was catching 18s. <laughs> right. What were you catching them on? Everything or something in particular? What was yeah, the, I mean, the, the I, I was I was leaning towards uh, Gambler, Fat Ace, Senko. Um, but the way that they were eating, I don't think – I think they would have eaten a hot dog. Right. Um, Which is kind of what it looks like, you know, Fat Ace. is just a little fat, mm -hmm. do nothing. <laughs> right, right. Like, like I'm not sure. You know, I'm not a fish, but I don't know if the color and the size and the, you know, brand mattered. I personally like Gambler Fat Aces because I like the way they fall. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I like how the the bigger ones are kind of like a leaf. You know, um, I don't like it to fall real fast. Some of the guys that use the heavy ounce weights, they like it to get down there and sit. I like to drop it kind of like a leaf and and have it um in I, I don't want them to have a choice you know i want them to see it and like snap at it rather than you know 
but that's just me. You know, like everybody has right. their own thing. I wouldn't tell somebody this is how you do it, but that's how I do it. Right. Because people tell me all the time how to do it. People are like, you need to do this. And I'm like, well, I'm like, this is currently working for me. So I'm just going to stick with this style, you know. And that gets to what we talked about earlier, too, is like you could draw somebody a map to your fish, give them the rod and reel you're using. They go and they strike out. And and from our Mm -hmm. days in a boat, being in the back of a boat, whatever, front of the boat. You know, I could be whacking him and hand a dude my rod. He can't catch him. He hands it back, and I'll whack another one. And then I've been the other guy in the back of the boat. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm doing wrong, and, and dude gives me the lure, and I, I don't catch a fish, and we're right on top of them, you know. So you, you got to kind of do what works for you and find your right. own path, you know, and your own path forward. I, I think that, you know, if there's anything in the podcast that, you know, sticks or just in talking in general, it's like submit to your own process, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like – Somebody told me that um, like a year ago and it stuck with me so hard. They're like, dude, submit to submit to your own process. Use the kayak you want. Use the gear you want. Use the, you know, play the guitar you want or whatever it might be. You know, like bowl mm-hmm. with the bowling ball size you use. Like, don't look around and say, hey, what's that guy doing? Is he throwing it? What color is he using? I mean, like, whatever you catch three fish on, use that. Right, <laughs> like, right. Yeah. And so know, is like, that... Day two, when you rolled in there, just more of the same. It, was, it just sounds like it was more well, of it was, attitude it, in the position. It was slower. It was slower. It took, like, I was fighting with myself. I was at war with myself because I wasn't getting the consistency of bites, but I was getting quality bites. Mm-hmm. I think I was, you know, there's, it's like, it took longer, but, but my bites were all quality and I caught them all. Like, I didn't get spooked by missing a big one or anything like that. You know, like, I was, uh, setting the hook like like I've, I've said before i told a couple guys i was like every time i said the hook it was i was in my brain there was a 10 pounder that bit the visibility in a pop is zero you can't mm-hmm. see anything it's yellow so like whenever i got a bite i was like this is a 10 pounder so i didn't set the hook like it was a two <laughs> right I, I buried the hooks i mean like I, I changed my hooks a few times i was using 65 pound braid um I was changing my hooks. I bent a hook out. You know, sometimes when you hook pin them like up top, you know, and you and you pop your hook out or, or you, you know, if you can't pop it out, you bend it. You know, the, the hook, I'll notice if, if my hook is not perfect and I usually run the tip across my fingernail, my thumbnail. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't scratch that, I'm I'm done. I'm done with that hook. <laughs> like that hook's right. done. Um, if I'm out fun fishing, you know, I'll leave that hook on all day and sure. no big deal. But um you got to capitalize on every bite. Uh, I'm not telling you that. I'm telling. I'm talking to myself. Um, <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah, I wasn't trying. To, I I have to capitalize on every bite. You know, a uh, $300 investment on your fishing. You know, you owe it to yourself to 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 do that. You know, yeah, to change yeah, the entry fee was was $300 was the entry fee, right? For this tournament. Yeah, what the winner take home? Public, uh, right? Like, what was the what was the first place prize? Seven thousand. Wow. So yeah, you're playing for real money. You're playing for real money, and that I want sharp yeah. hooks and, and good knots too. Ben, you just you do. You have to tie retie often. Make sure your hook's strong when you're going after the big fish. Braided line, stiff rods. There's no give. There's no room for anything. You know what I'm saying? Stress or anything. It's going to break. Is what it's going to do. And yeah. You, yeah. You have to control everything you can control. And Blake, right. you did a great job of that, man. You you put the yeah, odds in your favor. You know, and, and made it work I mean, out. It, it, it was, it was, it was really 
me holding myself true to what I said I was going to do. Because before, before I even had a bite, I was like, Blake, if you go out there and you catch a couple big ones, you know, put on a new hook, you know, like, so, because I saw before the tournament started, like I said, when you see a 13 pounder on a catch board, you're like, I was like, I told myself, I said, any one of my bites can be that fish. So treat it like that. You know, don't, don't, don't think, Oh, get a limit. I'm like, every bite you get that fish. And you want, you know, if I caught a 13 pound, 11 ounce bass, um, you talk about that on your on your deathbed, you know. Mm-hmm. That's you, do. Yeah. You, do. you know what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. Like, I may not so, be a millionaire, but I caught this fish. What did you do? You know, what did you know right. your life, right? Yeah. Or yeah. or or your story is I lost a thirteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'll never forget that either, right? Either right. way, that we can leave a mark. Right. But I, I want to know what kind of cover you were fishing down there to pop because I know it's got pads, and I know I pulled zero fish out of the pads uh only because i didn't want to i didn't want to lose any i didn't want to catch any lily pads yeah so if yeah, you had yeah. a place to fish where so you basically you were you were catching them and in an area good enough that you got to pick where you wanted to kind of where you wanted to catch them. yeah i mean the wind the wind was my biggest uh factor of enemy and so on sunday it was so windy uh if anybody in the tournament listens to this they'll be able to attest to that anywhere on the lake in florida on sunday was getting blown um but uh, I was I the, my my only issue if I had any complaints which I shouldn't um, but would be that I had to do the same thing over and over and over because it was hard for me to do exactly what I wanted to do because of the wind. So I would have boat, to take boat, three. Or you're four, talking about boat positioning, right? Boat positioning was difficult. Boat positioning was a major. Boat positioning was very difficult on Sunday. So I was like, I just stayed calm. I paused a couple times. You know, I did my little deal, and I was like just keep doing it Blake I'm like just keep doing it I'm like you know they're there you know you know I talk to myself like I argue I have arguments in my head like all the time <laughs> you know I'm not the only one like I'll argue yeah, with other right. people I'll argue with other people in my head before I'm even <laughs> in their presence <laughs> yeah 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 right right get a practice get a practice no I I said stuff to myself on Sunday that I wouldn't say to my worst enemy it was uh the wind and the boat positioning got difficult and I did I eventually gave up and just would paddle a couple hundred yards of drift and cast and yeah, the, and the fishing is so good in there that i was catching fish that way just fine i had some very memorable strikes you know on uh the strike king thunder cricket the thompson model it stays down good in that wind and i could just see fish coming up and i was in a fairly clear water area nice a lot of hot yeah, you could see them it's like three and a half pound of rocking up like a barracuda and just whoop, you know it's just so much fun i enjoyed myself so much doing that from a competitive aspect, it didn't turn out how I wanted to, but I just don't have a bad day. That I just always enjoy myself when I go down there and fish uh, down the Harris Chain, and it's just a lake that offers something for everybody. And it sounds like you found something that's right in your wheelhouse, man. So, yeah, dude, yeah, congrats. And, and, you know, <laughs> you know, it's a freaking huge commitment to do a two-day kayak tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's huge. Uh, so, because yeah. like when you're done fishing, you don't want to do anything. No, that's all you yeah, do right. that day for sure right like that's it yeah. you don't get off the water and like okay let's go let's go out to let's, dinner let's go, and, you know let's like, go dancing yeah yeah it's, it's right. over your day is over um yeah so. i tried to get some work out of vance saturday night and it didn't happen he said, <laughs> he, said he said you know monday will be perfect for that when the tournament's over so right yeah plus i was staying at a campground where it was supposed to have good signal and they didn't um 
I, I got a lot of respect uh, on the water when I was out there. There were some guys around me, and they, they gave me some space. And, and there was there was a boat tournament on Sunday, and they gave me some space. I had to talk to a couple guys. Um, a couple boats came in my area, and I said, hey, guys, like this is a this is a big tournament. It's a $7,000 tournament, so can you please, 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 you know, let me fish here. And I pointed. I said, from here to there and from there to here uh, for the next eight hours or however long. Like I'm not leaving. <laughs> right, you got to deal with me. Yeah. And it it went, and it went pretty good. One one guy didn't really understand what I was asking him, but everybody else did. What there was one boat. It was a single old man, and he just he's he he didn't get it, but everybody else uh, gets it. And um, I I I think that's huge. You know, like when you're on a kayak, man, and you're on a chain of lakes, like. You don't really need to be fishing on somebody. That's my opinion. I'm not telling you what to do or not to do, but it's just not necessary. There's plenty of water out there and there's plenty of healthy fish. I mean, we didn't grade these fish by weight. We're grading them by inches, which I think is kind of tragic because the fish we were catching this week, everybody pretty much, were so fat and so healthy. They almost didn't look like Florida fish, some of them. You can yeah. see the picture of uh, Aaron, Aaron Fetterman's 25 and three quarter inch fish on tourney X. Uh, I believe it's on the Hobie DOS, all this social media and stuff. That fish looks like a football. It looks like a four mm -hmm. pound smallmouth up north. And it's almost 26 inches long. Yeah. And, uh, he's estimated at 12 pounds. And I know a lot of fish you caught were heavy. I caught one that was about to pop. I mean, she's 23 and a half inches, but she's had a big old belly on her. Just big, broad across the shoulders. Fun, healthy, and, and we both talked about river fish. You know, Tomoka River, where you're at, I own St. John's. Those river fish are a different animal. They just fight harder. And these fish down here this week felt to me like river fish, the way they were just so absolutely feisty yeah, and heavy. Do you, no. do you guys have Do you guys have kids? Either you guys have kids? Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. Yeah, so two grown ones. Think of, remember, go rewind to when your wife was in labor. <laughs> you guys remember that? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Those are, the, those are the kind of those are the kind of fish I was you know, you know when you go to scratch your wife's back when she's in labor? You remember that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what's going on. That's what was going on on, yeah. on this weekend. They're like, get away from it's like it, they're possessed. It's like exorcist, dude. These these are uh -huh. fish that are ready to blow. Her. And they're, they're the sweetest person in the world, and they're just yeah, they have none of it, right? Yeah, yeah they're, I hate they're, you. Uh, I hate you. You did this. Well, I mean, uh -huh. is that a good analogy? You guys yeah. know what I'm talking about. You guys are yeah. See, yeah, you probably guys are so, smiling. Man. You're both smiling because you're like, I know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, my wife's my wife's in the next room. She might hear me. I got to be careful what I say, right? You know, it's, just, That's well, right. No, it's, <laughs> it's not a diss. It's not no. a diss. <laughs> yeah, it's more or less like you know. You, yeah, never mind. I'm done. I'm not if, 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 if we had to do what they have to do, we'd be the same way or worse. You know what I'm saying? Right. I, I get it totally. The whole, whole thing blows my mind. But there wouldn't be as many of us because a bunch of us would fail. <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. I'd be like, epidural, C-section, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, we've went long on this segment. Blake, it's been awesome to talk to a yeah, thanks, first guys. time First time winner. Love the enthusiasm and the attitude about it. And we appreciate you sharing your time. You got to hit us up. Let Vance know if you head out to Texas because we want to make sure we follow along. I would say there's a 30% chance I'm going to Texas. <laughs> but tomorrow yeah. could be 40. Tomorrow could be 40. Um, I don't know. You know, who know who knows? I yeah, I only I do it one day at a time.
That's how I do it. Well, enjoy yeah, your I, I mean, I signed up for this tournament late, you know. I, I saw that yeah. weather forecast, and I was I was kind of on the on the border. Like, I just got a lot of stuff going on. I told Danny, I got home. I had to fix my dadgum well pop out here. I got home. We don't have water in the house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I had right. stuff going on, but I looked at that forecast. And like you said, we've had a real winter down here this yeah. year. It got cold, and then it's warmer, warmer, warmer. Five degrees warmer every day for a week and a full moon at the, on Thursday. Are you kidding? Right. I was like, dude, I want to be there because records are going to fall. Maybe I'm the guy that sets it. But you said I think your day one weight was a new record heavyweight. I know Aaron. No, it, it was another guy. Fifth of the record. It was one of the biggest. I was, one of the I was very um, limits. I was very happy with how how it went down. Um, you know, just consistency in my entire life. Fishing and not fishing is key. You know, I like I like consistent consistency. You know. All yeah. across the board, and and you know, having having one amazing day and one terrible day is not my thing on the water. Right, I having two, that. you know. Mm-hmm. And but we talked too about today how how success on the water can spill over into other areas of your life, and it just kind of, I don't know, man. Having a good tournament, you know what I mean. I come home and I just, I don't know. It seems like I got myself in a groove, and I'm going to be more motivated and successful, and wake up before the alarm clock goes off the next day, and. You know, and then you get in a bad tournament, you fall in a rut and, and do the same thing. Uh-huh. It's all this bad death spiral. And you just kind of got to work your way out of that. And I, I kind of feel like I'm somewhere in between there, kind of coming back up the ramp and, and where I'm going to have some peak experiences later this you're, year. And you're going to, you know. you're going to, you're going to peak. Don't, don't forget these, man. Use, use the, use the misses as motivation. Um, you know, like embrace that stuff. You're, you're going to be great. And you know what? When you win with the freaking paddle, it's a bigger flex. I mean, I'm going to be, I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader. I'm going to be like, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I kind of feel like John Cox of the kayak world. I remember my little, uh, yeah. He doesn't even have any electronics on his boat. He's competing at the highest level. I'm like, he yeah. could do that. By golly, I got no excuses, you know? Submit, yeah. Submit your own process, man. I Look, I felt the same way too. I was around guys with some big TV screens and, you know, it, it, it shook me for about five seconds, and I'm like, no, nope, not going there. You know, not today. Not today, Satan. Because it's not – I'm not against that. I'm just like, do what works for you, man. Exactly. You know? Right, I'm right. Not against, I'm not against – I tr- I'm going to do my best, you know, to not speak about what I'm against anymore because it's, like, it's tiring. It's exhausting. Yeah, yeah. I'm all for innovation. Go use it. I just don't necessarily want it. I want to strip Correct. everything down. Yeah. I want me against the fish as minimal equipment as I could get and, and use my eyes, yep. my senses and my experience to go catch fish. Yeah. Well, that's the way I like to do it. Nothing and, against anybody and I, else. And I, um, and I, and I admire that and I respect that. And, you know, like stay true to your guns, man. It's, it's going to be your day. It'll be your day and you'll get to, you know, you'll get to, you'll get to uh, validation and that feeling, you know, that you, that, that you, you know, deserve because you're working harder, man. There ain't no doubt. Nobody yeah. can say you're not working harder if you're freaking paddling yeah. with your arms. You're working yeah. harder. I, Physically, you're working harder. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. One of the guys offered a kayak in the back of my truck when we got to the bank, and I'm like, nah, I need the exercise. And the other one laughed at me. It was Aaron that caught big fish. He's like, dude, you just paddle all over the, the lake out there. You, you still need exercise? I'm like, no, nah, you can help me with my kayak. Come on. Let's just do it. That's awesome. I did, I did get some exercise, didn't I? You know? Yeah, awesome interview. We got to cut it or we're going to run too long and we'll lose them anyway. So, Blake, congratulations on an awesome interview and an awesome win, man. We look forward to seeing another one out of you, dude. Great. Appreciate you guys. Late. Leaders in innovation and anglers at heart.
Blues is founded on a rich heritage of building the best. 70 years of cutting-edge innovation with one goal in mind, to answer the call of passionate anglers who demand reliability, durability, and tournament-level performance. Delivering the best for you to perform at your best, on and off the water. Well, everybody, welcome back. We have gone long in the tooth today because we had some good guests and some exciting topics, man. We're fired up. It's officially fishing season. We got to talk to two winners today. We got to root for our boy, Drew. Wouldn't that be cool, Vance, if uh, the next winner to come on would be Drew after his first uh, BPT? Drew Gill, I'm looking at the uh, standings here, Danny. They wrapped up the fishing while we were talking with Blake there, and uh, Drew is in third place after day one. And uh, 81-13, he's way ahead of James Elam, who's in fourth. He's got 49-15, so he's created a huge uh, separation for himself between him and fourth. And uh, he's only looking up at Spencer Sheffield and Jacob Wheeler ahead of him. So what so a great start for Drew. No doubt. So he'll be – if I th- if I'm thinking right, he'll be off tomorrow, which will be Wednesday. He'll be back on Thursday. I don't know. We'll have to yeah. follow along and see how this goes. Uh, for everybody that's listening – You're a fan of fishing. We're a fan of fishing. You can get everything bass fishing at anglerschannel.com. We want to give a big shout out to Blake Abbey on his first kayak win and a big shout out to Jesse Mazel for joining us on the show and talking about his back-to-back Toyota Series wins. So, guys, we appreciate you. And Vance and I are out of here and on to the next one. Tight lines on behalf of your friends at Angler's Channel. Thanks for listening to this week's Angler's Channel Insider Podcast, presented by Sportsman's Warehouse. Also brought to you in part by Pro Charging Systems, makers of the Dual Pro Chargers, TH Marine, Trickstep, Toyota Bonus Bucks, Costa Conserve and Compete, and of course, anglerschannel.com, your number one tournament bass fishing resource.